Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the guys that uh, that we signed, uh, there's a few already here. They're in summer school, starting to work out, and uh, you know, there's a few that aren't. Don't really have a number there. You know, we we know who there's a possibility of losing, and you know, if we lose them, we get it. Um, but you know again it's just there's 20 rounds if you see someone's name pop up then they probably already made a deal very rarely now with the with the limited rounds are these teams going to select somebody unless it's a little later or they're going to take a chance and they just i don't know on a whim but you know with 20 rounds they they got to get those kids signed um so we're doing as much as we can to try to find out what these guys are really thinking. And, but I truly believe that some of these kids and they're talking to these, these pro people now, um, they're trying to figure out, are they really going to get the amount that they want? And then if they, if they don't, you know, we just want them to, to stay strong. And if they say they want a million dollars and they're being told we can't give you more than 500, then they, they should come to school and, triple that yeah they should got a lot more from dave van horn here um one last thing i wanted to touch on and then we're gonna bring in tom murphy i guess we can bring him in now on the brand of moving and storage hotline but i got one more clip i want to play from mr van horn hi tom murphy happy friday hi guys yeah that was an interesting segue uh i'm glad you picked out that one because i thought that kind of got to the meat of uh what we talked about yesterday but i'm interested to hear you have a clip you might have. Yeah, well, we were talking about uh, Wes Johnson, and I think we were all caught by surprise a little bit that he was leaving the Twins to go to LSU for the same role. Now, if he had gotten an opportunity to be a head coach and come back to college, that would have made a lot of sense to most of us. But uh, obviously it's a good opportunity in his mind, and it certainly does change some things from a schedule standpoint. It makes things a little bit easier even when you count in uh, you know, recruiting and everything that goes into that job. But he talked about his coaches, Coach Van Horn did, including obviously Matt Hobbs, who – is also a hot commodity, not a shock. My take would be that um, he wanted to get back into college. Um, wasn't going to be that much difference in what they, he was going to get paid. More of an opportunity to see his family. Um, probably was extremely hard for him to leave at this time of the year in the middle of the season. But, you know, that's the way it works when there's job changes. It's an opportunity knocks. And, uh you know, he had an opportunity to take that job last year after my pitching coach turned it down. Hmm. So uh, he decided to stick with uh, professional baseball, and I guess another year he just decided this was the time to go. Well, now that's that, 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 that's news there. So LSU tried tried to hire Matt. Who hasn't hired tried to hire Matt? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just telling you, Matt's really good. Glad he's here. How good does that make you feel when your guys turning down a team that's won six national titles? Makes me feel great. Northwest Arkansas is a great place to raise kids. He has three little kids. I think he likes working here. Hopefully he likes me. He acts like he does anyway. So <laughs> we all get along. I think Nate Thompson's an outstanding coach, good person. He's also got three little kids. And there's been a lot of opportunities for our staff over the years. And um, that's that's kind of people that, that I, I want in our program. There you go, Tom, your colleague, the incomparable Bob Holt. 
pressing on all the <laughs> right buttons there. So uh, I think that surprises our listeners none at all that people are coming after Dave Van Horn's assistance, and that probably will never change. No, none at all. But it also ties into the NWA is a good place to live, good place to bring up, bring up a family, and what what the entire athletic department has got going on. You know, there might be other. Uh, you know, slightly higher-paying jobs. There might be head coach openings for Hobbs and Thompson, but not the ones that, that you know, completely yanked their chain. So, um, hey, I, he's right, though. Matt Hobbs is, is a, a whiz at what he does. Nate Thompson's a good hitting coach and a good recruiting coordinator, and um, they keep knocking on the door. Um, and, yeah, I mean, LSU, I think the key part of what Dave said there on West Thompson changing in-season with the family part, spending more time with the family. We know that recruiting in college baseball and football is very time-consuming. So I can only imagine the major league demand were even more. And, you know, you have to have a home base in, up in Minnesota probably, and that, that's tough in the winter. So I don't know Wes's entire situation, uh, but when you leave a team midseason, you're probably saying, yep, I'm a college lifer at this point. Yeah. I thought it was uh, interesting. I think there was a lot of panic maybe with some uh, Razorback fans or some panic uh, that players were transferring out. And when Coach was asked about it, uh, there were there were no surprises with the players who left. Yeah, that's right. That, and that was something I asked him about, like, you know, Gregory and Leach. And there were others, you know, that got in the portal. And he's like, no, no surprises and no disappointments because he thinks they made the decisions that were best for them, like for playing time. And I think that, that meant – the writing was on the wall that, that Jace Borfin was told, you know, you're going to be our left fielder or you're going to have the first shot at the starting job. <clears throat> Gregory did not have a good end of the season. And so if he wants to be a starter, then, you know, he can – a definite starter, he can go look from the portal and see where that gets it. Uh, but I, I think it does mean that you're looking at a potential starting trio of Peyton Stovall at second possibly um, – Kendall Diggs at third or first or corner outfield, and Jace Borfin as a corner outfielder. <clears throat> and maybe he has a chance to play center, I'm not sure. But that's your three, and then you're building around a pitching staff, and they like the Juco talent that they've got signed, and um, uh, they like the pitchers they have coming in. So I'm sure they're going to massage their way around everything when, when the draft takes place, and they're going to come with a pretty, pretty stout roster to start next season. Is catcher a problem? From the sound of it, uh, Dave Van Horn does not think catcher's a problem. Um, and Matt wrote a story about it for us today, um, and, and I can't – they have a committed guy who's 6'3", 200-something, who uh, was at a JUCO, and then there's another guy out there. So they want to have what he called two-and-a-half catches, like those two and then possibly a guy who's an outfielder or a hitter who could catch in an emergency. And that's kind of where they were with um, last year with Turner – and Leach, and then Max Stolies, who didn't really – I mean, he might have caught an inning or two, but that's kind of where they were last year. Um, probably, in, in, and I'm being serious when I say this, two and a half. And what I mean by a half is maybe have a guy that's uh, – maybe he's a third baseman catcher or a hitter catcher. Um, you know, Char Charlie Welch type guy would be nice with that type of bat, but kind of hard to find. Um, right now we're in pretty good shape with – uh, with a couple of guys and, uh, but we're, we're still looking for, for another guy that, you know, maybe he's an outfielder, right fielder that also can catch. It's a secondary position. Cause you'd like to have three, 
you know, again, in, in this modern day division one baseball, it's hard to have three. It's hard to put more than two on a scholarship and sometimes even more than one, unless you can, you know, you find a guy that's got outstanding grades or get him some help somewhere else or whatever you need to do. Uh, but it's, it's uh, in a perfect world, it'd be nice to have three guys that can get back there. There you go. In a nutshell. Hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> paraphrased by Tom, as you can tell. So, um, yeah. what, what, what's your gut tell you about Connor? I mean, I, I'm if I was going to bet a dollar right now, I got a feeling he's coming back next year. Yeah, um, I heard from someone yesterday who thinks that probably isn't going to happen because he would lose his leverage. Uh, but hey, you know, if, if if it's what suits his family the best and his own personal aspirations, then if he came back, wouldn't that be wonderful to have your your ace back for a fifth year? Um, I I wouldn't count on it, and you know. Robert Moore, I think you've mentioned on your air that, hey, the door's open. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends on where he gets drafted. And then Dave yesterday talked about how he's such a plus-plus defender, and the pros know that, that he thinks he's going to end up being drafted to the, the point where he can't return the – you know, he can't refuse the offer. Right. So that's what's intriguing. I think it's the hardest roster in all of college sports because, A, you're limited in your scholarships, 11.7, and then, B, you have so many different factors coming at them. Where, where can they get playing time is what they're looking for or enough financial security that they sign a professional contract. And so all those factors are pulling at once, and then the, the lateness of the draft. And um, you sure, I'm sure you heard Dave talking about it's ridiculous that the draft is in July that only the, only the MLB owners like having it at the All-Star game through the 19th this year, and it just makes trying to close all the spots on your roster so much tougher and such more of a time crunch that um, all these things are happening at once, um, and it just makes it, as he put it, or as I, I put it, chaotic, hectic, and something else all at one time. And he said all the above, um, and plus. So that's the life of a major power college baseball coach right now. You're, you're balancing all these things at once, what you tell the kids, how much money you might be able to give them, and how much assistance is not easy. Tom, when you look at guys who are who are coming back, uh, and I think Kendall Diggs was pointed out, Jay Sporfin, another one. What did they need those guys to do to to be contributors and part of that lineup next year? Yeah, okay. Well, Stovall wound up hitting two ninety five. He went from being feeling the pressure of the leadoff role, swinging at pitches outside the zone, having a low two hundred. He might even drop below two hundred batting average to raising it up and hitting at the right time of year, and he, and he was above 300 at the College World Series. So there's your, there's your cornerstone guy. Could be second baseman, two-hole, three-hole. Um, Borfin um, needs to, you know, needs to hit a little bit better than he did, be a little more selective, um, and, and have a chance to be a decent outfielder for you, solid SEC guy. And then Diggs, we've seen he's got a really sweet swing, as Dave points out. Um, and he's a talented, athletic kid. And it's, it's just basically finding the position that fits into their puzzle the best. And it could be third base, and it could be first base, and it could be a corner outfield. I think the way Dave talked yesterday, uh, they're encouraging him to try corner outfield spots in the summer league and you know see where that takes them. What about center field? Did that come up? Because they've had some good center fielders over the years. And, you know, Webb did a nice job out there. Do they have someone penciled in? 
Um, you know, I think there's other guys who cover the B who probably feel like they they have a great idea who the center fielder will be. I can't tell you who for certain who's in the in the sweepstakes. Um, they got the uh, transfer also, um, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I we did not talk specifically about center field yesterday. Paulette's one of those cases where man, it just makes you sick on what you missed out on uh, because. Uh, you know, with yeah. the injury and the talent that's there, and uh, he, I saw he's a, like a top 100 pick according to MLB.com. You know, if he, he's gone and yep. then turns in something, you're like, gosh, they 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 didn't get to see the, the we didn't get to see the real Peyton Paulette basically. That's absolutely the truth. And when coaches go through their rosters and what they have, what they expect, you know, if he had been a piece for this year's team, can you picture? Um, you know, being able to have Wiggins as a, a potential closer or an eighth-inning guy, being able to maybe move Hagen-Smith in or out of the starting lineup and having a one-two of Nolan and Follett, you know. So that's part of the roster building, and unfortunately those things happen. I mean, Mississippi State lost their ace guy this year. So um, it happened. Um, and, yeah, you, you can only reflect on what could have been as a collegiate for Pallette. But hopefully uh, he's, he gets back to 100 and he becomes a, a pro guy that, you know, Razorback fans can track through the years and, and watch his progress and becomes an MLB contributor. Was Hagen Smith and Brady Tiger uh, shutting it down for the summer a surprise? Um, um, no, I, I think they probably thought um, that that might be an outcome. And I think they told the Team USA folks, Bianco and that group, that, yeah, um, I think they pitched well in the tryouts, but their arms needed a rest. And that could have been a combination of them, Hobbs and Dave Van Horn, talking about what's best for them and their potential pro prospects down the line. But if you come back strong, you know, and get through fall and, and go into the season strong, that, that would suit your purpose better than pitching, you know, 30, 40, 50 innings this summer. Um, and so uh, probably a collaborative decision there. The JUCOs, the number of JUCOs, I think it's ten that they've signed. Mm-hmm. Is that a uh, yep. is that just a one year top deal, or do you think um, Coach Van Horn may be uh, looking to get more older guys in that can play quicker? Yeah, I think it might be a a one year deal. They have a big class of incoming freshmen, like seventeen, but we know some of those will get sealed off in the draft. But I also think it's a reflection of modern roster building that you build. You have to put the pieces in where you can. And, and I also think that there's a lot of talent in the JUCO ranks, the kids that were, like, um, right off the cut of being offered a, a big scholarship percentage at a power school, but they needed to go to JUCO, boost up their stats, get them at bat, where they might not have gotten them at bat on a power five team. And so, um, so I think it's a fertile a territory for them, as well as the portal and high schoolers. It's, it's just it's, it's a piece that's not going to go away. Now, because of the portal and um, uh, the, the situation with where the MLB draft is in the calendar right now, it's just going to be part of it. Tom, thanks, buddy. Have a great weekend. Appreciate it. You bet. Same to you guys. Stay All right. cool. See ya. All right. I'll make a valiant attempt at it. That's Tom Murphy. He is Mr. Cool.